Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Today's podcast is sponsored by June's Journey. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game which transports you into a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance set in the glamorous 1920s. You'll play as June Parker as she embarks on a quest to solve her sister's murder. But that's not all. You'll let your imagination run wild as you get to customize your own luxurious estate island with expensive gardens and beautiful buildings. So, can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast where we look at true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And this week, we look back at our 2018 review of the original Dr. Death from Wondery. Joining me to get that done is my true crime co-author, co-podcaster, real-life husband, and all-around swell guy, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. So, Kevin, why are we doing this? Okay, well, first off, we're off this week. That's true. So we're, again, doing another classic rewind. And this week, we're doing Dr. Death... Because on our next episode, we're going to be looking at the Peacock uh, TV dramatic adaptation of Dr. Death. So we thought it'd be a good time to look back at our original review because we might be referring to, you know, some things about the podcast when we talk about the uh, TV show. TV show is very different than the podcast, right? Yeah, let's save it, though, for next week. Honestly, Kevin, I cannot wait to talk about the TV show. But I'm also looking forward to hearing back our review of the podcast because I'm curious to know what did I think? Did I like it? I'm not going to say, but did it have a couple of things come out of this, uh, this review First of all, Rebecca, I think you, for the first time, identified what you called the Wondery sound. <laughs> I did, did I? You did. There's a lot more rage walking, <laughs> right. and uh, I think that there was some other things there that uh, I guess we'd say is foreshadowing of future crime writers on shows. Are you saying this uh, episode is a progenitor of some of our new stuff that we do all the time? I don't know what that means. It means, like, it's the first time we did stuff, and now we do it. Then I guess that's what that means. All right, should we take a listen? How about we do that? The podcast network that brought us Dirty John offers another story of a dubious physician and the lives he changed. Dr. Death recalls the case of surgeon Christopher Dunch, a doctor who performed a string of botched surgeries across Texas while the system was unable or unwilling to stop him. Imagine you're struggling with back pain for months. No one can tell you what's wrong. Then you find a doctor. And the words that he said that I wanted to hear was, I can fix you. And, you know, those are magic words. I was in pain, and somebody, a neurosurgeon, said, I can fix you. You trust he'll take care of your problem. Nothing but good reports and a list of accolades that were two pages long. When you talk to him, he's engaging. He seems very intelligent. He's witty. He's charming. He'd always talk about, I'm going to be a doctor. But he has this dark side that he likes to keep separate and hidden from everybody else. 
Reporter Laura Beal, an award-winning health and science journalist and vocal twin to Mary Steenburgen, promises a six-part investigation not only into Dunch's actions, but also into a health care system that does more to protect doctors than it does to protect patients. Now, we will be talking about plot points from the first three episodes of Dr. Death, which, by the way, is the most popular podcast in America right now. If you would like to jump to our spoiler-free review, look at the show notes, go to the time code indicated, and you will just get our thumbs up and thumbs down. Review. All right. Wondery is promoting Dr. Death as the successor to Dirty John, running a preview in its feed, a similar art, similar sort of rock and roll sensibility in the theme song. Laura, do you think this show shares DNA with Dirty John? I mean, there's certainly a lot of similarities in terms of, you know, it's in a medical field. It's a guy that seems very promising to people at first blush, but yet he's leading a double life. He's not who he says he is. People are fooled, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I don't think it's it's totally the same thing. I mean, I can see similarities, but I think in this case, I feel like the consequences are a lot more serious than just bilking this woman out of her money, which was, you know, in Dirty John. And I feel like there's going to be you know, a story that has a lot of larger ramifications. So I, I think there are similarities. I can see, you know, it is the same kind of story, but not totally. I think that the podcast shares more in terms of DNA with Dirty John in the storytelling respect, more so than the content respect. Yeah. It's very linear. It's very much structured like a book. And Dirty John was the same way. You get a chapter by chapter, you know, mm-hmm. complete story and then the backstory of a person told in a linear way. It's it's very much structured like a true crime book, right, Kevin? It yeah, it is. And I, I feel very much like you could you can sense the professional journalist doing a podcast as opposed to a podcaster doing an investigation. Right. It kind of feels like that. Very solid the way that Dirty John was. Yeah. It's pulpy though, in the same way that Dirty John it was. Is. It has a sort of pulpy uh, hooky kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Toby, what do you think about, you know, the style of podcast here? Um, the Dr. Death, Jer- Dirty John sort of genre of podcasting. And, and do you see comparisons between the two listening to this? Yeah, I do. You know, there's a strange feel to it, kind of. And I, I don't know if it's the delivery that she has and then the guy who does the commercials has. Mm. It's hard to get past that. But Beyond that, I mean, I think it's similar in that they found a story that's pretty compelling, and then they've obviously done the work needed to be able to tell it with enough detail and sort of uh, vibrancy so that it makes for something you want to listen to, certainly. We have to talk about the ads for a second. We just have to. <laughs> okay. The promo codes for everything on the show is death, or the URL <laughs> is death. And so one of my favorites is ZipRecruiter.com slash death. Uh, you have HelixMattress.com slash death. death. <laughs> it's your deathbed. I mean, you're not going to forget it, right? No. I mean, it's not like, it's not as snappy as crime. No. Promo code crime. That's true. That's true. Remember when Crime Town came out and like- We were so pissed. We were so pissed, but we still like were able to get crime for a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. We, have the, we staked a claim to crime. That's right. <laughs> um, I know, I, Kevin, I want to talk to you about the production because mm-hmm. Wondery, obviously they have a range of podcasts that they do, but this is like definitely like, like Dirty John, Wondery partnering with a journalism outlet or a journalist to do a show. And I think that Laura Beale, her writing and her delivery is, is earnest and pretty straight. Wondery does 
I'm going to take the take the theme song out. They have these distinctive theme songs, which I really like, but their actual sort of mixing and foley and you know use of music is very on the nose with these stories, and it sort of lends itself to that. They almost have like an investigation discovery sort of feel sometimes. You're listening to it with like, she'll it should be tense. They play music that's tense. And, yeah, but they but they, yeah. they play music that's like she says something and it's like cue the ominous music, mm-hmm. and then the ominous music comes in. For most of his career, Dr. Henderson has focused exclusively on the back. It wasn't unusual for him to get asked to help with a complicated spinal case. But this call, this call was different. But I had never been called in by the administration to take over the care of a patient. Or there's a scene where she's talking about a surgery, and in the background, all of a sudden, you hear that. That she'd been taken into intensive care just as Dunch was scheduled to begin operating on Mary Eford. Yeah. Okay. There's a couple of things that I could have. I, I don't think were necessary. There yeah. Were, yeah. There were sort of unnatural inserted sound effects. Mm-hmm. You know, things like you know, right in the beginning, he's like, "Count back from ten. You know, it's like you hear it in the the promo trailer. It was like right up front. It's like you know, imagine you're you know going into surgery or whatever, and. I don't think it's necessary, especially with something that this strong. I would just say some of the sound design, I think, is um, cheesy. That's how I maybe, would describe yeah, it. I mean, yeah, because I just feel like it's unnecessary. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, too, because yeah. I think it's a very strong show. So I'm not like. Just imagine going to a steakhouse, getting a very nice steak and a whole lot of parsley. <laughs> <laughs> placed on the on the plate, and you're like, this right. is why I don't need all this. Right, and yeah. it's not faker. I mean, they don't need it to enhance it because they have the story. And the places where they do some sort of, like, fakery stuff just to sort of enhance kind of what's going on, it's like, okay, so we're at his birthday party. When was the first time you remember seeing Christopher Dunch use tr- illegal drugs? Was that his birthday party? And immediately you hear the bass yeah, drop with yeah. the club sound effects. And it's like... No, I mean, I think there are ways to do that where you can do it with light touch, and but they do it with everything. Mm-hmm. Everything is illustrated, mm-hmm. and I, I think that if one or two things were illustrated here and there, it would yeah. be fine. Maybe you're trying to figure out a way. I mean, if you're if you're the, the sound producer, you're like, well, we don't have, we don't have a lot of natural sound of things. You didn't like, you know, do the drive test. Yeah, we have a lot of interviews with people, and right. we want to make this. Um, sound interesting from an audio perspective, and so I think you're trying with. You can do music, but you know some of it. I don't know. Some of it's too on the nose. A little too on. The I nose. will say to me, I have come to think of that as the wondery sound, and maybe I'll get used to it. I mean, it could just be that it's just mm-hmm. style because I come from the public radio stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what we listen to, and this is very different. Um, it's a lot of bass. A lot of bass. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of trip. I have to say, <laughs> me personally, I was so enraged by the story, I didn't even notice the sound. Good. Rage walking has returned ah. um, to my life, and I was like, as I was walking around town, just like, oh my God, I, I think I gasped. I, I can't even believe what I'm hearing um, yeah. as I was walking around. So, Laura, tell me what you think about the um, really gruesome descriptions of these botched surgeries. You know, she gets into detail like how he was supposed to be screwing something into the spine and instead he's just drilling screws into the muscles around. I mean, it's, it's pretty yeah. intense, right? Yeah, that's when my rage walking happened. I was listening to it and I'm just... It was so horrific, but I think that that level of detail actually really worked in this situation because it really illustrated how incompetent and how badly botched these surgeries are. Because you, you hear you hear about times when, when something happens in a surgery and it goes awry, but when you hear the level of detail and just the level of like just gross neglect and incompetence that happened... 
it's horrific. Like the, the, there were times when I was listening to this, I would actually stop walking and just stand there and be like, oh my God, I like these poor people. And that guy, Jerry, that was friends with him. I mean, that was just absolutely, you really couldn't believe that somebody could do something that badly. So I think the level of detail, it was extremely graphic. And that was what stopped me a lot as I was listening to it. Cause I was like, oh, <laughs> oh God. You know, I do. Now, Toby, this podcast is also promising a larger story, and I think we're getting hints of it. Episodes one, two and three. First episode sort of details a couple of the botched procedures. Second episode goes into some history. We get the Jerry story, kind of a little bit of Dunch arriving in Texas backstory. Third episode, we start to get some of the maybe systemic issues here. And we are promised this is going to be a health care story in addition to just a criminal story. Do you have hope that this podcast is going to deliver on that, given what we've heard so far? The fact that the reporter is a healthcare reporter, that's mm-hmm. her background. Mm-hmm. She's not like on the crime beat or anything. My, my sense would be is that she has a health care issue that she wants to expose and has found sort of an exemplary case that makes that point. Mm. So that that would be sort of my intuition about what her kind of goal is Mm -hmm. and that it's hard to make a podcast that's going to be number one about flaws in the healthcare system. Right. What you do is you find an outrageous story that illustrates it. And, and so that would be, you just, just, you know, from what little I know of her background, that that would be sort of my expectation as to what's going to happen at the end is that it's, you know, a little bit like uh, what Madeline Barron has done somewhat, which is to illustrate larger problems through a single case that that sort of demonstrates those issues. What this reminded me of as I was listening to this is we had a very high profile case that happened at our local hospital with a guy who he wasn't a doctor. He was like, um, what was he? Was he a med tech? I think he was he was a, a surgery tech or nurse and his name was David Kwiatkowski. So we had we had a case in our local hospital and this is somebody that was um, assisting with surgeries, cardiac surgeries, but he was actually diverting drugs. And what happened in that case, and it, it ended at our hospital because that's where it all came to light what had happened. But after this guy was arrested, it turned out that he had been going all around the country doing this and he would get fired and he would move on to another hospital. And there was no like national database to track where somebody was going if they had any kind of misconduct. So that was on, you know, a level of somebody who wasn't a doctor, but somebody who was clearly impacting patient outcome. In this case, I think where she's going with this, it seems you've got a doctor who is clearly really incompetent, doesn't give a shit about his patients, doesn't even care when he like paralyzes his best friend. And these hospitals are just passing him off. And they're not communicating with each other because they're like, it's not our problem anymore. We got rid of him. But, you know, and I think that might you know have to do with like, you know, malpractice insurance and lawsuits and, and not wanting to be liable. But at the same time, where I hope she's going is that she's going to show that, you know, these large corporate hospitals and these these big healthcare centers are basically looking out more for themselves in certain cases than the patients. And had somebody spoken up about this guy and gone public, people may not have died. Right. Now, I I think we should clear up like this guy, Kwiatkowski, he wasn't just diverting drugs. He was using the needles and then they were using the needles on the patients and the patients were getting hepatitis and dying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he was responsible for a ton of deaths because of his drug issues and his the way he was doing it in particular was was pretty bad. Kevin, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. How much cocaine and vodka do you keep in your desk at work? (laughs) 
Just the desk or uh, the filing cabinet, too? <laughs> yeah, zero. How much sex do you have with your girlfriend on the couch in your office? <laughs> how many times have you worn? How many times have you worn the same clothes to work three days in a row while you're performing in a sterile operating theater? Uh, never. But I'd break it up over those five days. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most interesting things to me is uh, actually what what takes place in the third episode is we hear about because I've been curious about this training situation. Because we do hear, and I think that we're all familiar with the story of you go to work and there's somebody horrible there, and then you remember the amazing reference they got when you hired them, and mm-hmm. you're like, how did that happen? Yeah. And we have good friends who are doctors. One of our best friends is a surgeon, and we kind of know what he has to go through all the time just to be able to do his work. Like when he switched from one job to the other, like he had his affidavit signed, and I like had to notarize them for him and all that stuff. This guy went to medical school ostensibly. People are saying he had this great training, and it turns out like... He performed like fewer surgeries than somebody would do like in a couple weeks in medical school. Yeah. This is the part of the story I really would like to hear is how he got moved along um, after having performed only what fewer than 100 surgeries. Fewer than 100. When, um, you know, the other surgeon is like, a, you know, he did like 2,500. 2, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I would wonder uh, about that part. In a way, I can see the he was bad at this hospital and ended up going to the second hospital without the second hospital really knowing what they were getting and then going to the third, because that does happen in a lot of different professions. And sometimes it's they're moving them along because, you know, just because of sort of general incompetence and you're moving them along and you really can't give a bad reference. Or personnel issues, like human resource stuff. Yeah. And sometimes it's really it's a it's a bad act kind of I think I, you know, I'm trying to think you know like with the, with the church yeah when sometimes there's or prep a, schools or preps right the, you know it's like okay, we're moving them along we have to get them away from here and just go someplace else and we don't care who whose uh, story winds up on yeah this is what I'd like to see, see in, the, in the coming episodes is to find out a little more about how he got in this position as well as how come he kept being able to you know perform these surgeries without all the other people jumping on his back. It did happen one time. Someone says they tried to physically intervene when he's performing the surgery. I mean, can you imagine? Well, you're hopped up on cocaine. You're going to be punching all those people out. You know. (laughs) I mean, it is. It'd be like the sheriff from Stranger Things. It is. It is a curiosity. And as you know, Laura, as you pointed out in your in your notes when you sent to me, this is a very Googleable case. Except that I think the information that we want is not actually available in Google searches because there's this pending like loss litigation situation. And I sort of I'm just curious about like your guys theories about what's going on with this guy. What is wrong with him? You know, is it just drug stuff? Is it mental illness stuff? I mean, I, I threw out there to Kevin tonight, like maybe he has CTE. You know, we heard he was a football player in high school because he seems to be having some sort of like degenerative situation. Laura, what do you think? I think he lacks the empathy gene completely. I think that's kind of an understatement. But I, I had to, I was I was listening to this when he ended up really botching the surgery on his this guy who's basically like his closest friend from high school. And they finally find this guy who's like bitter and angry and ramming everybody with his motorized wheelchair. And it's just really sad. And they're like, did, did he ever apologize? Did he ever come see you? And he like came and saw him once and didn't say anything about his condition. Nothing about how sorry he felt. I just felt like, is he some sort of a sociopath? I, I don't know. Um, but he's clearly lacking the empathy gene. You know, when you compare that with those stories you heard about him playing football and how he was, really wasn't very good at football, but he just kept trying and trying and trying and he wouldn't give up. I mean, you know what? 
not everybody should be a football player. Not everybody should be a surgeon. Hmm. Just because you want to be a surgeon and you keep trying. In this case, I don't think this guy was cut out for this. It sounded like he was more of a research person. Hmm. Um, but that lack of empathy was very, very disturbing. What do you think, Toby? You think there's something degenerative here? Do you think it's addiction? I mean, obviously, we can't know. I'm asking you to just like hazard a guess of what you think is going on with this guy. Like the thing I was thinking about was there is this sort of American ideal or myth or whatever that you can do anything you want if you want it enough and you try hard enough. Like that's, that's like a thing. And and so that seems to be the way this guy kind of went about his life. Right. Rudy. Rudy. Yeah. So, so I don't know if he's like, if I, you know, if I really want it, I really, really try, I can be a really good surgeon you can try really hard, but if you don't have like the basic qualifications to be a surgeon, you, you shouldn't be trying and failing again and again at surgery is different than like being a walk on for the Colorado State football team. Yeah. It seems like he's carrying on this sort of mode of the way he acts and, and, and tries to, you know, reach his aspirations from the football field and wrestling and whatever. And he apparently sucked at all of them to the surgery. So Something tells me he'd be really bothered if he heard that you said he sucked at those things. <laughs> well, everybody else says he sucks at them. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he'd come over to my house and be like, oh, I, I think I've got it down yeah. now. So I don't exactly know, you know, obviously whether it's, this is all because he's doing drugs or because there's something else. But there's one story that is kind of actually enlightening to me in the opposite way that it was presented. The story about him doing the football drill mm. at practice. He didn't get it right and ask everybody, can we do it again? And he doesn't get it right. And can we do it again? And, you know, come back the next time, says, coach, can we do that again? And it's portrayed as like, he, he'll he just, he's he's persistent and he'll do it. And he'll work till he gets it right. But to me, you know, it, being there's no I in team, it's also a very selfish way of acting. Yeah. When you're trying to work cohesively as a team, it's very much about everybody stop. I need to do this. Right. Yeah, where he certainly had that sort of stick to and that he applied it and all these, and like, say, well, maybe he's just still trying to get, you know, the surgery right. And he's still in there, you know, just, <laughs> a little screwdriver, you know, trying to fix the uh, the thing. And so I, I think that it just, he's just so self absorbed. Yeah. And that seems to be like how I interpret his reaction to Jerry having been paralyzed and, you know, these other things. And he just, it's, it's, it's about him. Yeah. I mean, it's very telling that when he's challenged, you know, or when he's, you know, people are asking him his qualifications, he'll say, I challenge you to find anything bad about me on the Internet. You won't find it. <laughs> like, that's actually a measure of quality or something. Like, you can't just buy, you can't just get Google, you can't pay them to, like, lower your results, which, by the way, you can. You can pay for that. You can really? pay to, sure. Oh. <laughs> uh, and, you know, yeah, it's crazy. And it's, and I think that your take on the football thing was exactly my take is you're wasting everybody's time. Like nobody wants to do this with you. No one mm. wants to make practice about you. Rudy didn't do that to his teammates at Notre Dame. He didn't make them go out with him in the rain and run those stupid drills or whatever oh, it was Rudy. he did. <laughs> All right, well, let's do that thing we do then and give our thumbs up or thumbs down review to the mega popular podcast, Dr. Death. 
Should our audience check it out or not? Laura Bricker, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? Yes. I, you know, it's very, very disturbing, but I like it. Um, I like the way she tells the story. I like the people that she has access to that she interviews. She's got doctors that used to work with him. She's got patients who had botched surgeries, people that had intimate relationships. So I say um, give it a listen and um, it'll get your step count up because rage walking is making a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> Toby Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down? for what you've listened to so far on Dr. Death. I give it a thumbs up. I, I, th- I think it's, it's been good so far, and I, I'm optimistic about the second half of it. Uh, I'm going to give it a thumbs up, too. You know, despite my concerns about the fairly dramatic production style that this podcast company does, things being a little too on the nose, a little too illustrative at times, uh, there is a story inside the story here. I don't know if Laura Beale plans to go there or not, but what I'm getting out of it is the unbelievably patriarchal world of men that these surgeons live in and the testosterone fueled competition and the one-upsmanship and how the only women's voices we hear in the podcast are through uh, recordings of depositions because you know the women weren't comfortable being interviewed they're they're the side characters they're the nurses they're the girlfriends and it's great that a woman reporter is the one telling the story and peeling back the layers on this crazy competitive hyper masculine world of neurosurgery in Texas. So I'm really enjoying it. It's pulpy. It's fun. It's a little soapy. And it's really gross. And uh, (laughs) those are all really good. And I mean those all in really good ways. And the journalism is really, really solid. So thumbs up for me. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, I'm also a thumbs up. I'm looking forward to, um, you know, the future episodes. I want to know a little more about what's been making this guy tick. I want to hear from the nurses because they always know what's happening. Do you ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. So, Kevin, that was fun, eh? Well, it was. (laughs) What are we talking about next week? Well, we are going to be talking about the Peacock TV adaptation of Dr. Death. With Pacey. Starring Alec Baldwin. Christian Slater and Joshua Jackson. Pacey, Pacey, Pacey. Pacey. We're also going to be looking at the new podcast from C13 Originals. It's called No Place Like Home. It has to do with the heist of Dorothy's ruby slippers. Mm. All right. Well, I can't wait for that. So I guess we'll be back next week. For all of us here at Crime Writers On, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Partners in crime media. media.
Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.